So, uh, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, it's always uh, my pleasure to be here. Olga, thank you very much for your kind invitation. Thank you, Ionikos. And I'm very happy not only um, to be here and to be amongst um, friends and colleagues um, and an esteemed audience, but also because this very room, or actually the next room, is every year a testimony of Greece's uh, development. Because this, this event is a snapshot of what happened last year and of the prospects and hopes for, for the next one. And I think there's no doubt that Greece is on an increasingly um, uh, optimum trajectory. Um, we have left difficult times behind. Um, we see an extreme activity in the investment landscape uh, domestic investors, foreign investors, and this has been ratified by our upgrading the investment rate. Um, of course, this did not happen miraculously. It, I mean, it took the combined effort of many players, um, the government, um, and numerous of reforms, um, investors that have been here for, uh, during the difficult times and still are. And I would also say a shift of mentality of, of, of Greek entrepreneurs, because right now we see more and more that Greek entrepreneurs do not just seek subsidies as you know, their salvation, but understand that being um, an attractive target for investment is the road to success. Um, of course, we're not in heaven. Um, many things to be done, many things to be corrected. But if we are to uh, start taking uh, one step to the stairway to heaven, to, to remember our Robert Blunt and Jimmy Page here, uh, we are on the right track. Uh, so it's my pleasure to be among uh, esteemed key players of, of the field, and I would like to introduce to you uh, Mr. Ominos Sarikas, Managing Partner of Brookside Equity Partners, Mr. Nikos Koulis, uh, Partner and CEO of DECA Investments Alternative Investment Fund Manager, Mr. Taiki Solomos, co-founder and partner of Eliconos um, Capital Partners, Ms. Xenia Casoli. I, I never had a colleague lawyer in a, in, a, in a panel. I'm very happy for that. Chairman of the Greek Corporate, Can uh, Corporate Governance Council. And last but not least, Ms. Elaine Bathianaki, uh, managing partner of Halkion Equity Partners, a new fund manager, although far from being new in the field. Um, Nikos, I would like to start with you. You are a veteran of the, of the event. You've been coming here for, for several years. So um, during those years, I mean, how have you seen the investment field and prospect change during this period? Uh, first of all, I need to activate this. I don't, I'm not quite sure how it is. OK. OK. Ah, can you hear me? OK, good. Um, thank you. Thank you very much. It's uh, nice being back at the place that I still call home after all these years. Uh, comparing the uh, current environment to, let's say, 17, 18, it's, it's a huge difference. Uh, if, we, if you consider how it was 2017, 2018, <clears throat> the country was basically in, uh, in, in a shambles. Um, the uh, GDP had gone down by about 25%. It was a major crisis. The banking system didn't work. Uh, the businesses, uh, the industry were investment starved. Uh, so nobody really sort of, people hoped, but it was just hope that kept alive. 
Um, today we have a vastly different situation. We haven't re really sort of accomplished everything, but you know, you have a country that has the fastest growth, uh, GDP growth in Europe. Uh, we, you have, uh, the investments have recovered, not as much as they should, but they do have recovered. I understand that we have reached sort of 40% of the gap between Greece and uh, the remaining EU. There is a banking system that actually provides loans uh, to worth investments. The gen, uh, the new gen, uh, next gen EU provides a huge amount of money uh, to supplement this. So it's a much, much better environment, much more benign environment, and I should say a government that's much more business friendly. Um, just coming to our microcosm, I will tell you that uh, in the period of, let's say, 1718, just to paraphrase Warren Buffett, we're trying to find fair companies or other companies with fair prospects and buy them or invest in an attractive price. Now we are, t <coughs> we are following and, and buying good companies at an attractive price. And that's, that's a huge difference. Um, just to finish, I, uh, again, I use uh, Warren Buffett's uh, dictum. Once he was, the stock market was low or whatever, he was very optimistic and he said, I feel like a child in a, uh, in a candy store. I can tell you, looking at our pipeline and the quality of the investments that uh, we plan to invest, uh, I feel the same. I'm very, very excited about the investments in Greece at this point. Thank you very much, Nikos. And uh, Lenny, maybe we can uh, follow on from, from Nikos. As a newly established fund manager, I mean, what's your insight on investment environment and appetite for investments in Greece? Okay. Um, I'm not sure if this is working. I, I think it is. You know? Is it? Is it? Is it? Yeah, it perfect. Is. Okay. So we have to be quick and efficient. This was the first insight, I guess, from uh, 10 months of fundraising. Okay, we all know that uh, private equity fundraising had a banner year in 2021 uh, that uh, reached all-time high and then uh, a sudden fall by almost 15% in 2022. Uh, geopolitical uncertainty, macro, uh, you had the, the, the stock market valuations going down, falling. So all this led to a private equity fundraising decline of uh, uh, more than 35% in the first half of uh, 2023. 20, 20, uh, I guess I read that uh, out of the $3 asked for private equity investors, only $1 could actually be matched by investors' appetite, which was the largest ever uh, global uh, imbalance since the, global the last global financial crisis. Uh, obviously and thankfully, uh, the case for Greece is different. I guess uh, whoever has attended the, the first panels today understood that uh, the economic trauma of Greece has uh, come to an end and the country has moved to a to a new era, a metamorphosis, and uh, there is, a, there is a, for the first time after a long period, there is a, a shared vision of long-term growth. So I think in terms of fundraising, three, are, three factors are the most fundamental. Number one, obviously the macro. Uh, as very correctly said this morning, I think Greece right now attracts, uh, can promise very attractive returns with a high degree of certainty, which is amazing. Number two, there is a very solid basis and liquidity appetite by sovereign funds. Uh, we have supranationals and sovereign funds wanting to invest in this space. 
Uh, and of course, the fact that uh, we are moving towards a more sophisticated ecosystem. So we do already have some very interesting, successful examples that gives uh, uh, that gives comfort to the to the investors and international investors. Now, uh, I think that now more than ever, uh, investors are looking for uh, to deliver solid returns to all shareholders and stakeholders. And moving from the macro level, I think on a ma more micro approach, uh, at least from our experience, investors are looking uh, for solid teams with a track record. Uh, they're looking for team commitment and they're looking for a clear investment strategy that entails value creation. Uh, we have uh, completed our first uh, closing last week of 120 million and the aim is to reach 170 in the first half of 24, and the main investors have been the uh, European Investment Fund, HDBI, and top institutional and private investors. Thank you, Vagheri. Thank you, Eleni. So, Taki, we, we all agree that the past development passes through investments, but can you give us your opinion? How, in, in, in practice, how do investments help the economy, and most importantly, how quickly can they help the Greek economy? Vangeli, thank you so much for uh, the question. I would like also to thank uh, uh, Nikos and Olga for organizing the event and having, uh, giving us the opportunity to you know, present the private equity uh, scene of Greece. Uh, look, uh, uh, private equity investments have been uh, extremely important for the, for the local economy uh, because there has been an investment gap uh, because of the Greek economic crisis. There hasn't been a significant since uh, from two, 2007. 2007 and until let's say to, for almost 10 years there have been a lack of uh, significant investments uh, mainly in the SME sector that meaning that there hasn't been investment in machinery, in human talent in uh, technology and of course Greece um, not being extremely competitive in uh, producing things cheap we need to invest a lot in uh, uh, technology and the related let's say disciplines in order to be competitive. So our uh, private equity has been very instrumental, uh, especially the past five years, in uh, let's say uh, investing in Greek companies. Uh, that's why the private, private equity pro, uh, product in, in Greece is, uh, I would say, materially different from the equivalent product in uh, the European Union or the United States because we are we have done so far a different type of investment compared with our peer group in uh, the United States at least. Um, so the private equity investments are uh, affecting hugely the economy because uh, it is providing equity. Equity is missing in Greece. Uh, it has been great that the Greek banking sector has managed to revitalize itself and is providing a significant equity into the market. There have been uh, the government is through the Hellenic uh, Bank of Development and Investment has provided another framework that is, uh, let's say, uh, leveraging again, uh, let's say, the economy. However, the equity is something that is needed in order for the other instruments to be, let's say, effective. And of course, the RRF, RRF that uh, is hugely start, is starting to create a huge impact and uh, it's affecting the economy. So I would say that uh, private equity is a scarce resource in Greece. I mean, uh, as Nico said, we are very happy because we see a lot of deal flow, uh, especially in the SME uh, section of the, of the market. Uh, we have all the instruments in our, uh, let's say, abilities, uh, meaning that the uh, government and uh, the bank sector is there. 
And of course, we have uh, the great things that we have um, a huge pool of talented and very, uh, let's say, in, uh, um, uh, successful entrepreneurs that they want to grow their businesses uh, and create, let's say, global leaders. And this is great for us. Thank you, thank you, Takis. And this is very interesting. Mr. Sarekas, we are speaking about changes and improvements. So what is your view on, on the catalyst of change in Greece, in the field? Thank you. Well, first of all, okay, that works, that's great. First of all, I think it's interesting to understand where we come from. We're all Greek here, but each of us has a different journey. So our journey is that, first of all, we not Greeks in Greece, we invest in Greece, right? We're guys who work in Wall Street and London, much like Nikos and the rest. And we went to Greece actually because the Americans took us back in 2013. Uh, we went back home to invest in very large investments in banks and funds and infrastructure. And the time we were bidding for a bank. Um, and what we realized was that country, uh, which we left back home to study abroad and then we developed careers abroad, our homeland, had exactly what um, Takis described. There was an equity funding gap. It was so very large projects, overbanked system, and a lot of SMEs underfunded. And we saw a huge opportunity in the startup space and the SME space. So we acted as advisors to government initiatives, to other funds. I remember with Nikos, we were in a 13th venture capital conference with Taneo back in 2013. We opened it in Grand Britain. Um, and we went there with a view, let's see what we can do. So a few years later, we invested finally in Greece. We were starting with banks and hospitals, but then we went down, down, down to the SME space because we thought that was really interesting and that was the potential, right? The large players was only 1% of the economy and 80 to 90% was down the below 100 million companies. And we eventually did a deal and we exited a deal in the middle of the Grexit, Brexit, all the nonsense. And we made 57 times money. And we said, okay, that's not bad returns, right? We might as well try a bit more. So we pulled together a fund and a pool of advisors with the top people we could partner at the time, bankers, CEOs, big four, ship owners. And we pulled together a pot of money just for Greece. And out of that pot of money, we make one or two investments a year. Our experience is that we used to have 10, 20 deals in our pool every month. Now we have 500. So there is a lot of money that created an ecosystem in Greece. The value of the startup world went from 200 million to 2 billion. And uh, the catalyst of change has been education and technology, right? What we saw, it was the intersection between traditional Greek industries, hospitality, food and beverage, shipping, and then the tech play coming up. And we observed a similar phenomenon to Israel. So the unemployed mathematician became the startup data scientist. And people who didn't have an opportunity during the crisis to get jobs with the big corporations, they were given initiatives, much thanks to the European Union, to start up their own firms. And then the Greek government, together with Europe, created an ecosystem of funds. So they started with incubators, seed capital, SME funds, now larger funds, all the way to Nikos Fund, which is probably one of the largest in Greece, and that, what you see here, is effectively a supply chain of capital, right? And that created the opportunity. So for us, as the ministers have said, we invested in digital transformation and green transition, so green tech. Uh, the biggest challenge in Greece, I think, is by far and large the 
management education because more pe people have personalized firms and they're learning. But when you go earlier, those are uh, things that you can fix when you deal with younger firms. We see a lot of opportunity coming out of Greece because geopolitically, we are very well located for the renewable energy services sector. Mm -hmm. And we have, I don't know how many of you know about the initiative. So JP Morgan did large cap deals in Greece and they now have an innovation center. I was, I met with all the large funds of the world in the last 20 days. Uh, and all of them have allocated resources to look at Greece from Sequoia all the way to General Catalyst. They are looking at Greece strategically now. And if you look at the big private equity group, CVC, as you know, has invested in Greece. BC Partners has invested in Greece. So we have more and more an opportunity there. And the reason is simple. It's not just the gesture of goodwill that we're Greeks. Is that everywhere else, we don't see as much growth of that region. We are perhaps the only place in Europe that has a huge gap to catch up in the Western world. And that creates opportunity. In the same way that Ukraine after the war, we will see enormous opportunity, opportunity there. And there are already a pile of money looking at that country. I think Greece, because of the crisis, entrepreneurship picks up. And we have the brain regain. Lots of Greeks who are at MIT, at Imperial in my country, at Cambridge, Oxford, Harvard, are piling together. And we have initiatives that came out of America, the Hellenic Initiative. We have a lot of people that connect the dots from Endeavor all the way to Father Alex, from the Greek government all the way to the money of Taneo, and there's about billions of money for creating new funds. Believe it or not, there is 21 funds in Greece right now active. And 10 years ago, those were one or two, with four being the accelerators. So that's where I see what's happening now. Thank you, thank you very much. Before going forward, um, there should be a timer somewhere that if I can kindly. <laughs> okay, thank you, so that we know where we are. <laughs> Okay then, thank you. I know Olga and Nikos will come soon and, and chase me on that. So, Eleni, we, we talked generally about appetite, but can we be a little bit more specific? So an insight on, on sectors where you believe there is investment interest and, and focus and prospects. Yes, yeah, certainly. Um, well, we all know that uh, Greece uh, depicts, has some unique characteristics on some sectors. But the reality is that uh, we don't have the depth, at least to my mind, to discuss about spe sector specialization. Um, I believe that opportunities uh, are more thematic rather than sector specific. And um, in my mind, fall under four main dimensions. Uh, so the first dimension would be the obvious wins. That means investments in sectors that have resilient characteristics, such as food for Greece, such as uh, tourism, uh, energy. Uh, then the second dimension uh, would be the ones that actually tap specific market characteristics. Right now, there are, uh, there are untapped market segments in Greece in the scale-up or mature scale-up segment where there is no specific, uh, let's say, investor or investor type to address uh, these market needs. We heard earlier that uh, there are technology companies, for example, that are looking f directly for international investors because there is no such uh, uh, investor type right now to cover these needs in Greece. 
Another uh, opportunity would be in totally fragmented uh, market segments uh, where investments can actually promote consolidation and sectors like that can be in industrials, for example. Uh, a third dimension on my thematic, uh, let's say, map would be uh, opportunities that can tap the current investors, investor themes. And by that, we mean generally, internationally, right now, investors are looking for innovation. So we have food tech, agrotech, uh, technology and technology-enabled companies in Greece that are growing and they need capital. Then we have companies that they want to go abroad, in international expansion, and their food is, is a, a key sector. Uh, you have recovery, we see investments in hotels, for example, and of course, energy. Uh, my fourth, let's say, dimension would be uh, more on a more uh, transactional or opportunistic approach, where you can have transformational uh, uh, investments uh, in sectors where you have a niche characteristics. So, as I think we really need to look at uh, thematic uh, opportunities rather than focusing on specific mm. sectors, because right now in Greece you can find opportunities in, in all these uh, segments. Thank you, Eleni. So, Mr. Sarikas, taking a um, um, step from, from Eleni, um, in your view, what are the, the key next generation investments in Greece looking forward in the future? Uh, I think digital transformation will be enormous for Greece. There is a huge gap in robotics and automation, green transition, as it was naturally uh, we're expecting. And I think we will start seeing a, a lot of activity in the ESG area, uh, from something nice to do to something that you must do. And I think this will be a catalyst of change for the Greek ecosystem. And just to conclude that, I don't think we should speak of Greece, but we should speak of we should speak of Greeks. The best companies I have seen are not running Greece. I have seen amazing companies by Greeks all around the world. And I think those are the future. And we should look at Greeks worldwide, not just Greece. And I think those companies who come back have phenomenal opportunity. And I think we should be looking to expand our terminology about the diaspora. Thank you. Thank you for that. Let's a little bit shift our, our angle of approach. So, Xenia, corporate governance is, is, is a key factor in investing companies and many times a challenge in, in investors um, when they approach those investing companies. So, how, how does corporate governance assist investments and, and more specifically a successful exit? Thank you and good morning to all. Um, I think the answer to this question could be actually rather short and could tie perfectly with what Eleni just said, um, that investors are looking for value creation. And indeed, um, in my view, what can corporate governance do is create value for a firm. And before I say how I think this is, is done, um, allow me a few words just to make sure we're all on the same page. Because in my experience, a lot of times people refer to corporate governance and everybody has a slightly different understanding. So I would like to be a little bit practical and you know, just kind of like walk you through the building blocks. What I think accounts for practically for good, effective governance. So this is a set of processes, risk, audit, compliance, legal, solid processes. 
and a thorough supervision of this, practically sufficient independent members in your board, especially for audit chair, um, a good team at the board, substantive discussion with management on key strategic issues, remuneration policies, and so on. So let me go back now to how I think corporate <coughs> governance can assist in this value creation in four ways in my mind. The first is it can ensure the right decisions are made. It builds confidence in investors that the company is well run. Second, no skeletons in the closet. It provides checks and balances of management and creates an accountability, fairness, and transparency system. Third, the right amount of tension is there. You need a little bit of tension. Uh, you need tension for the decisions to be balanced, for be debated and weighed. So they're more likely to be correct, in my view, this way. Fourth, and very important in my view, it changes or it can change the culture of a company. But it does so when it's not viewed as compliance. I'm very clear in my mind that governance is not compliance or at least it should not be only compliance. If you just tick the box, this is not true corporate governance. If you just comply with a regulatory quote of a law that, and you put a few women in your board, this is not true governance. At the end of the day, you have to believe in it. And if you believe in it, I think it can be a growth catalyst. And there is a common element in just of these four points that I mentioned, which I think we heard also this morning from the chair of the Capital Markets Commission in some other presentations. What is the most important thing that investors are looking for, the markets are looking for? Trust. So I think if you do all this and you believe in this, you create trust in the way your company is run. Thank you. Thank you very much. And this, this is very interesting and actually very true. Um, Nikos. You um, just completed closing of Diorama 2. How, how has your investment strategy changed from, from Diorama 1? Sure. Before that, I may add something to, to what Xenia said. The, the, most, the, the strongest argument for good governance is if you've seen poor governance some of the small companies that we initially invested. If you see this, then you realize that you have to go the other way. Otherwise, it's so value destructive that you don't need any theory. You just need to watch it and see it and uh, see the reality. Anyway, uh, how things have changed. Things, uh, well, we do not exist in a vacuum. We are here only because there is a market need for us. So when we started the Arama 1 in uh, 2014, it was a period that was all I said about sort of Greece being in trouble. It was even more so. Uh, it was, uh, uh, there were good companies that had, uh, uh, that had offers uh, from uh, AAA companies and uh, they could not get the financing to buy the raw material in order to sell the products. The, uh, there was no question about investing and replenishing the, uh, the equipment. It was, so what, what the companies need, and there was no banking system. So what we offered there was what the market needed, which was capital in order to do exactly this. Working capital, make investments, basically be able to grow. It was a growth capital. Usually minorities, uh, people didn't know what, what uh, private equity was, uh, so you needed to explain to them that, no, no, we're not a bank, we're not going to ask you to give uh, any security, we are, if you make money, we'll make money and vice versa. So it was an educational process as well. Now, um, you know, this, this went well. We were fortunate. Uh, we had a very good return. We were going to return about 2.3, 2.4 times the money to our investors on a sort of 
less than five years of keeping the money, but now we have to move along. And uh, we're moving along because Greece is a different country, as I mentioned. Uh, so now we are uh, we're moving uh, towards sort of the buyout. We are investing either in a majority, large majority, or in uh, significant minorities. And what we try to, the, the, the need that we are covering is that uh, most people having suffered through sort of these 10, 11 years of recession, they just don't want to risk losing everything once again. At the same time, obviously, they want to maximize the return. So what we're doing is we're either we're buying a majority, we let these people, most, most of these people, continue running the company with a lot of supervision, a lot of value adding from us, and then we, <clears throat> and then they will have an opportunity to take some more money again when we sell the company, because selling to a corporate or financial player is the exit. So very different models. Uh, uh, on the second one, obviously we take advantage of the fact that buyout is by far like 70% of the funds provided in the market for buyouts, and we were fortunate to have, uh, in addition to our old investors, for, with, for whom we were grateful, some great new names, including Soren Wealth Funds and others. And, uh, you know, we are going to try to provide the same service and uh, that uh, the Greek economy needs, much better, more benign environment, and hopefully in a few years we'll ask us, uh, you know, what's the next step, and uh, we'll see what it is. Very, very true. So, speaking about differences of, of strategies, Staki, as a, as, a, as a very experienced uh, fund manager, I mean, have you noticed difference of strategies between Greek funds, Greek investors, and foreign funds? One and second, do you do you also or do you see a shift, small or because you not know, a small shift of mentality in investees on on how they perceive? Uh, a fund investing in them is money enough from a fund, or, or do they appreciate that the fund offers way more than that? Thank you, Vagili. Um, uh, first of all, there is a major difference between uh, locally run funds like the ones that we run here, and the international funds is the size. Uh, usually, the international funds, the, the likes of uh, CVC and business partners, and this type of, let's say, asset managers, they target the a very high end uh, uh, of the spectrum. They target very, very big companies for the Greek standards. Uh, unlike, so, the, the, uh, Greece is a market where there are something like uh, uh, 700,000 uh, SME companies that comprise 97% of the total economy. So you understand that um, the international private equity groups, they go after, let's say, the 3% of uh, the total, let's say, market. We go, I think, we, with the other colleagues here, we go for the remaining 97%. So effectively, we don't really compete with uh, uh, those people. Uh, however, they, they are a great, let's say, uh, the international funds are great that they operate in Greece because they also underline uh, the importance of the market, the opportunity that uh, we having uh, we, we, we run uh, smaller outfits with uh, less funds, uh, assets under management, however, more or less we, we serve investors. So it's very important that these uh, uh, big houses, uh, they believe in the potential of the Greek economy, of the Greek companies, and they do invest in uh, the Greek market. 
the second thing, um, another thing is that we do also minorities. Uh, Nico says, said uh, rightly that we also targeting buyouts, but uh, so far we have all done uh, also minority investments, something that usually international funds, they don't really do. They go and they buy assets, don't share the asset with existing managers. That's why I said earlier that uh, the private equity offering the Greek market is a bit unique. Uh, there was a need for us to, to invest in minorities because there wasn't the banking sector present in the past, let's say, 10 years. So a, a good business that wanted to identify growth capital, usually they would go for going capital for, uh, let's say, financing in the bank back in, the, let's say, 2012, 13, 14. Uh, back then, uh, the banks were not really in a position to, to finance uh, the economy. We are, again, uh, it's great that as we speak today, they are financing the economy, so there's no need for minority investment, investors from private equity, unless there is a value addition that uh, I think this is the, the second uh, um, the part of your question. First of all, when we, we started investing, uh, usually people, and we were saying that we were managing funds, usually people believed that we were uh, with the, you know, the, the funds that they were taking the whole houses of uh, people. You know, we had, we had a lot of uh, discussions to do and explain what we were actually do uh, back then. And um, uh, however, these days uh, people are coming and ask uh, our financing, not because of the money usually, but because they need uh, additional uh, services. And uh, what we do as an example at Eliconos is that we do provide services for uh, companies to, to become more, let's say, extrovert and grow outside of Greece. A nice example is in this country that we have a significant presence. We have financed a company called Megas Giros, for example, that has a plant in Linthiers in New Jersey, just opposite the, the river, and uh, they, these guys are growing their business internationally. So Megas Giros today, as an example, is a, although they are producing a staple of the Greek economy, which is gyros and uh, kebabs, and this are very good examples, uh, more than 50% of the turnover of this group is outside of Greece, which is great. And uh, I do believe that this is the differentiation factors uh, that, uh, you know, let's say, characterize our private equity product compared with the international one. Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Taiki. So, Xenia, let's go back to corporate governance. So, how, how does it differentiate between a listed and non-listed company? Well, theoretically, um, all the rules are required for the listed companies, theoretically, so you don't need to follow anything as a non-listed company. Uh, but this is only theory. Uh, in practice, it really depends on the growth aspects of the company and how much capital it wants to attract from external capital. And in increasing order of difficulty, I would mention the bank loan, bond in the market, private equity, or listing in the market. Um, another thought on this point is that it helps correct decisions to be made by diversified decision-making, even, even when the company does not want to attract external capital and to have access to capital markets. Also, I would say that it makes some difficult discussions, discussions on, for example, on succession, substantive, which is an issue of high importance and high sensitivity in non-listed companies, and last but not least, I think, again, the key element here is trust. In a listed company, the investors uh, understand that you are bound, you are required to have followed some rules. Here, nobody requires you to follow anything. It could be, could be some guidelines for non-listed companies, but that's about it. 
So nobody requires you to, but you have to do it yourself because you believe in it. Thank you. Thank you very much. So I see we have a, a couple of minutes left. Um, let me share something with you. One, one of the small pleasures I have in participating <laughs> in this event is asking this last question. It's a question I call the magic wand or the Nikos Koulis question because he's the one who has improvised it some years ago. So, ladies and gentlemen, with one sentence, um, if you had the magic wand, what would be the one change you would make in Greece? Mr. Sergas. Management education. Nikos. I'll be boring. Uh, a huge, huge, huge acceleration of the speed of the justice system. I'll say it until I die. He has been, yeah. He has been consistent with that every, every year. Thank you. I, I believe that we need to accelerate the, the educational side of the equation in Greece and bring the universities into the same level of the, the Greek companies and uh, you know integrate the system that still needs a lot of work to do. Thank you. Ksenia. Make people see corporate governance for its substance, as I said, and not perceive it just a ticking the box exercise. And last but not least, I'll Elena. ask for two things. Uh, I will remove the burden what? from. Uh, no, it's a magic, thing. it's a magic exercise. Uh, so I will remove the burden from the, the government. I will put it on us, the fund managers. I would ask for more female representation at the GP level for the right reasons, not for just ticking the box, but for the value creation. Uh, that we can bring. And the second one, we need more successful cases. We need more Vivas, more Hack the Box, more Cosmosport cases. So we need to have uh, uh, you know, some magic happening in terms of delivering returns to our investors and elevate the ecosystem. So there you have it. Magic uh, happened or will happen. Thank you very much for Thank a very you. interesting Thank panel. You. Thank you very much for being with us.